Folks, a quick message from our sponsors, Know Before. So what's a con game? It's a fraud that works by getting the victim to misplace their confidence in the con artist. In the world of cybersecurity, we call confidence tricks social engineering. And as our sponsors, Know Before, will tell you, human error is how most organizations are compromised. What are some of the ways organizations are victimized by social engineering? We'll find out here in just a minute. Now, our sponsors' questions about forms of social engineering come in this form. Know Before will tell you that there's human contact, there can be con games. It's important to build the kind of security culture in which your employees are enabled to make smart security decisions. To do that, they need a new school security awareness training. See how security culture stacks up against Know Before's free phishing test. Get it now at knowbefore.com forward slash phishing test. That's knowbefore.com forward slash fishing test. Now, no before wants to thank you for listening to the show and I want to thank them for sponsoring it. They are the provider of the world's largest security awareness and simulated fishing platform. Be sure to take advantage of their free fishing test, which you can find at knowbefore.com forward slash fishing test. Think no before for your security training. tuning in to the cyber hub and CISO talk podcast veteran november series that honors the brave men and women who serve this nation by sharing their stories of service each year for the entire month of november we publish a daily podcast about these veterans buckle up and get ready for veteran november and now your host james azar Welcome to Veteran November, folks. It is November 1st, 2021, and we're back. So everyone gets a month to celebrate their cause, and I've decided, kind of on my own power last year in 2020, that why do veterans get a day? So I'm dedicating the entire month of November. Every day we'll put out a podcast at 2 p.m. Eastern, highlighting a story of another veteran and joining me on our inaugural episode for Veteran November, one of my really, really good friends, Paul Cummings. Paul, welcome to the show. Let me just give an intro before you say a word. Paul is the Information System Security Engineer and Cybersecurity Research Engineer for Stevenson Technologies Corporation. And now, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's truly an honor. Well, you know, you're going to have to set the bar for everyone else. <laughs> you're the first episode. You know, people are going to watch this. They're going to go, huh, I got to top up Paul. That's what they're going to say. So I hope you're ready for it. No, I'm ready. All right. So just don't just don't pit me against Stefan Simaroth. <laughs> I, I will try not to, but I can't promise anything. Um, I may have to do this like a sweet 16, right? Kind of like do this like a college tournament. All 30 episodes, and then December, vote for your favorite, you know, top 16, and then put them head-to-head, you know, top eight, quarter, semis. Take it all the way to uh, to a champion. Best interview by Christmas, what do you say? Hey, challenge accepted. (laughs) Well, for everyone tuning in, thank you so much for being part of Veteran November. Please make sure to follow and subscribe to the Cyber Hub Podcast or CISO Talk Podcast if you're tuning in. Um, This is a no-sponsor show. Um, Veteran November is. It's strictly dedicated to veterans who serve this nation. So uh, with that being said, um, Paul, tell us just a little bit about what branch of the military you served in, what'd you do, um, and so forth. 
Uh, so I was in the U.S. Navy. Uh, I served my 20 years. I just retired one August, and I am a continuous uh, leader, uh, still leading those that are currently in. Right. And we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing because you've got to, you keep yourself really, really busy, uh, which has advantages and obviously lots more of advantages. But um, how long were you in the service for? Uh, 20 years exactly. So 20 years day in and day out? 20 years day in, day out. So in those 20 years, did you do the same job or did you switch around? Were you kind of, you know, in the Navy, did you do a multiple did you do multiple roles or was it just kind of one role and you kind of progress through the leadership of that one role? Um, well, for the Navy, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a single role that I did for, for longer than three to five years. Um, started off as a help desk technician, computer repairman, and then moved all the way up to where I retired as an information system manager and information system security manager. Brilliant. Let me ask you this. You know, the, the U.S. military of all countries that have service and is voluntary. So what brought you in? Why did you enlist in the service? What was kind of your, your motivating factors to, to join the U.S. Navy? So that's actually a joke of the family. Um, I never lived in one spot longer than a year and a half uh, growing up not a military brat or anything like that. It was just, I bounced between parents. Um, so right around I was, when I was graduating high school, I was, do I really want to do college? Um, you know, I was ready to get out, be on my own. And my uncle, who's my recruiter, uh, you know, we talked a, a couple of times over casting a few lines in a fishing Said, hey, why not? Why not give the military a try? Um, knocked out a, a practice as fab from his recruiter laptop and scored high enough to uh, land a job in information technology. Were you dead set on being Navy, or did you have other thoughts? Did you did you kind of flirt with other branches of the service? It was pretty much Navy. Um, I'm, I'm a third generation. Uh, my great grandpa died in World War One. Grandpa died uh, World War Two, and my uncle died in Vietnam. Uh, so one was Army, one was Army Air Guard, <laughs> and the other one was Army. So uh, you brought. Know, I didn't have it for for Marine. I knew I wasn't. Um, hate to say it, uppity enough for the Air Force. <laughs> and I knew I wanted to go further than what Coast Guard had to offer as far as uh, places to visit. So maybe was it for me. So you, your family is the true definition of a gold star family. You've been a gold star family for over a, de for over a now, what is it, a century, right? World War I was a little over 100 years ago. Wow, and those are those are their actual. Uh, um, sadly, they all perished uh, in their prospective wars. Um, there's three silver plaques that you see behind me above Yoda. Those are actually their uh, honorary 
retirement discharge plaques that uh, the family thought that being how I jumped in and continued a family name uh, that I would be blessed to have them. Wow. Um, Do you think that was also one of the drivers for you to enlist? No. um, In reality, I was bored. Um, I really didn't have a, a path after high school. Uh, you know, bouncing back and forth between different parents. I didn't know where did I really want to be at? Uh, you know, story of hanging out with some riffraff. And that just wasn't a lifestyle that I seen for myself. And then I looked at my, uh, my grandma who married um, my grandpa who was in the Navy and seeing all the success he had for retirement, pension, uh, the type of lifestyle he had after retirement. And that it was a no brainer. It, it just sold me on the idea of, you know, sacrificing 20 years of my life. You know, if I build my own family, I'd have the means to take care of them for the long haul. Let's talk a little bit about your military service. Tell me one skill that the military taught you that you think has been instrumental for you in your life thus far. I would say servant leadership. Um, You know, you have managers, you have leaders, but uh, the way the Navy treats you to where as soon as you make uh, pay grade and you advance uh, past E3, you get put in charge of those that, or falling behind your footstep for you to leave. Um, and truly as a servant leader, you're, you're doing the hands-on training with them. You're learning with them. Uh, you know, in the case of IT, when new technologies come out uh, and it's, it's just one of those things that I continue to do on a daily basis. Um, it's kind of imprinted now. You know, you, you talk about servant leadership. What, what does servant leadership mean for, do you think there's a difference in the meaning and definition of a servant leader from a veteran to a non-vet? Uh, I'm not going to say there is or isn't. I think there is going to be the uh, the disconnect between military jargon uh, and normal civilian jargon. Um, you know, with, with servant leadership in the military, it's all built on camaraderie. Uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, to the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter what specific job anybody's doing out of the 150, 170 odd jobs in the military branches, that you have their back, you have their best interest, and you want to continue to develop them to where you can launch them to succeed in their life. Talk to me about what America means to you. Ah, that's a hard one. Um, I battled this uh, a few times as um, you, know, you, you brought it up to me. Um, I would say welcoming diversity. Um, you know, we're, I know it isn't a common trend. Uh, we see in the masses of hate groups, uh, different types of movements you know, throughout the U.S. But think of the other countries, um, you know, the, the other I mean, what, 267 some odd countries in the world that don't adopt this policy or philosophy to where we give each other the right to have opinions. 
you know, as a, as a culture junkie, I love it. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely waking up knowing that if you choose not to do something that day, you're not going to have a state official, a government official or a country official, uh, you know, reprimand you for doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think welcoming diversity is a really big thing of this country. If you, um, if we were to look at our military units and you'd look around of all the men and women who you served with, um, they all had different names, backgrounds, and stories. None of them had identical uh, names, backgrounds, and stories. I think uh, the U.S. military and the Israeli military are the only two to have that. If you go in, in Australia, they're all Australians. You go to the U.K., they're all Brits. Um, you know, Italy's all Italians. Germany's all German. Russia's all Russian. China's all Chinese. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Let's talk about what was one key takeaway that you took away from your transition at the end of your service? Oh, wow. that's what led to a lot of the things that I do. Um, start three years out. Uh, I myself thought 18 months out gave me plenty of time, uh, but I wasn't making those, those lasting uh, connections with people on LinkedIn, social media. Um, you know, it, I was, I was fighting the battle between veterans affairs appointments and setting up uh, pretty much my, my retirement or separation, have you, um, to the point where, you know, it was literally right when I started my, my terminal leave is, is finally when I, I got accepted into my post-career. Um, whereas those that have I mentored, They've been able to, you know, use this guidance three years out to really start making these lasting connections and getting their foot already in the industry. Awesome. And tell me about one thing you loved about your military service. Ah, uh, you, you already uh, mentioned it—the culture. Um, you know, not just military culture in general, but you know. I, most of my life was in a small rural area, uh, you know, backwoods. And so just the, the massive amount of culture that was impressed upon me joining the service and then the multitude of countries that I visited, it was, it was just fascinating uh, to learn how, you know, for one, debunking stereotypes and, and prejudice that, you know, again, we have complete ability to have in the U.S. that other places don't. Yeah, the U.S. is 50 different countries that all agree on one thing. Uh, we all love the Constitution of the United States of America. So, um, Paul Cummings, folks, um, thank you so much for being the first guest on Veteran November. It means a whole lot to me personally to have you here. Um, I hope our listeners caught a little bit um, if you don't mind, in about 10 seconds, because we don't have a lot of time, tell people some of the names of the organizations you're, you're, you're beefing up to help veterans transition. So our first one is Vets to Industry. Uh, that's Vets to number two, industry.org. Uh, they're a nonprofit. They have thousands upon thousands of free resources, uh, monthly virtual uh, network mixers, you know, get in, get in line with you know, Fortune 100 to Fortune 500 companies. 
Cyber Future Foundation, uh, working on something for uh, my own nonprofit that I'm trying to build, Whole Cyber Human Initiative. Uh, a group that I follow near and dear is uh, Naomi Buckwalter's uh, Cybersecurity Gatebreakers and uh, Christoph Fullen's Advancing Your Cyber Career. Awesome. Brilliant. Folks, that's it for today's um, episode. Like I said, for the entire month of November, every single day, Monday through Sunday, or Sunday through Saturday, we'll be publishing an episode at 2 p.m. Eastern with another story of a veteran. So please make sure to subscribe, share, and thank these um, men and women for their service in the comment section below or shoot them a note, either or. Um, without them, we wouldn't have the nation that we have today. That's it for us here, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. And most importantly, God bless the United States of America. Absolutely. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.